This week, the boys take the train to my neck of the woods, West Virginia, Mercer County, West Virginia, to be exact, in the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. Is it haunted? What atrocities took place for them to shut down a place full of thrills and excitement? All aboard the midnight train. Let's go! Hello, passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train, America's second favorite podcast, where we bring the dark to light, where history never dies, and where listener discretion is always advised. Yes, we make fun of and joke about the creepy and unsolved mysteries of the world, all while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Yeah, we are kind of a comedy podcast. You know, we make fun of things and whatnot. However, we do talk about some pretty dark topics. So if you're not into that, listen, if you don't think those things go together, it's fine. It's fine. But I think you should give it a chance because we just might be your second favorite podcast. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So listen, I'm your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. And with me today, of course, back in the co-host chair is the one and only blonde version of Logan. I need a non-blonde song now. Before Before (laughs) non-blondes? Yeah. (laughs) What's that song they sing? And I said, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Ah, so we're back. We're back. Yeah. We're back. Your, uh, your arm's tired? Yeah, I did a lot of flying. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of flying. And I'll talk about that in our uh, one of our Patreon episodes that are coming on, uh, up here soon. Um, we uh, got a couple of them on deck. So if you want to become a Patreon uh, subscriber, support the show for five bucks a month, you get all kinds of stuff. There's a ton of bonuses over there. So much stuff. Plus a bunch of little stuff like uh, the F That Guy series. Yeah, we have a really good F That Guy coming up here soon. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's going to be uh, interesting. I have uh, a couple of them that I'm working on as well. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to be discussing my trip over to Europe and India. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was 12 flights in 14 days that's a lot and there was a lot of chaos so uh yeah get over to uh, patreon.com forward slash the midnight train podcast or go to the midnight train podcast.com click on patreon and sign up and support your favorite two knuckleheads dot com (laughs) dot com all right let's save the rest of the business stuff until the end Let's, uh, you know, let's get into this whole thing. Let's go for a ride, boys and girls. Let's turn on the lights, adjust our seats, grab a drink. It's coffee for me because it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. Uh Monster. And let's get amusing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But first, here's a toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. Like I was a sucker. No doubt. <laughs> 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 
What is it? Two minute mark? Is that what it is? Yeah. Or 30 like, second mark or something like that? Yeah. So we can say the F word now. No, we fucking can't. Oh, we can't? No. Damn it. We're at an amusement park. There's children. Oh, not. Well, I mean, there are there children, are children <laughs> in this one, but not really the ones you want to hang out with. Uh, yeah, this is a, I really didn't know a lot about this uh, t- uh, topic today. Uh, until we started uh, kind of, you know, diving into it. Um, so, yeah, it's the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. Yeah. Lake Shawnee. And as uh, old Isaiah said there, it's, uh, you know, down there in West for by God. West for by yeah. God. <laughs> the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park was a defunct amusement amusement park uh, situated by Lake Shawnee near Princeton, West Virginia, right here in the good old U.S. of A. In an attempt to find details about the community of Lake Shawnee, uh, we found fuck all. Yeah, pretty much. Wasn't a lot. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, like the community around where it was, at least not present day. Like I couldn't find any kind of like uh, demographics or anything like that. Yeah, that's, that's so weird. Yeah, it's it was, like it just got wiped. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we even so we kind of went over to uh, Princeton and Mercer County, West Virginia, where uh, Princeton is um, located. Okay, mm-hmm. that's where this whole place is. Cool, yeah. And I stumbled across something I actually knew even less about. Really? Than the uh, amusement park. Oh. Yeah. So, Logan, have you ever heard of the uh, the Battle of Clark's uh, Clark's House? The Battle of Clark's House? The Battle of Clark's House. Is that because fucking what's-his-face wouldn't get his RV out of the freaking <laughs> front yard? <laughs> There's an idiot in his bathrobe <laughs> uh, putting, putting uh, what is it, uh, waste into our sewer right now. Yeah. yeah. No, Eddie, I'm fine. I'm going to take you out to the middle of nowhere and leave you for dead. <laughs> no, that is not. We're not talking about Clark Griswold here. Um, okay, so he, I found this article here, and it's from Clio, C-L-I-O dot com, the Clio. Hmm. All right, so I never heard of this, so it's kind of cool. Uh, on the morning of May 1st, 1862, oh. mm-hmm, a small but important uh, skirmish occurred between, uh, it says, uh, skimmish. Skimmish? <laughs> yeah, it's a, no, it's a skirmish, okay. Oh. <laughs> Occurred between Confederate forces operating in the Princeton area of Western Virginia and the 23rd Ohio Volunteer Infantry. The home of Henry Clark was the site of this action that would push CSA troops southward to Princeton and eventually out of the area. The battle was not just between two armies, it also pitted two neighbors against each other. Oh, wow. A typical theme of the Civil War. So this literally took place at someone's home. Now you got to think, 1862, it probably wasn't like, you know, uh, a duplex. It was probably like a, <laughs> a pretty sizable property. Right, like yeah. a farmhouse, like, you know, compound kind right. of thing. But it's just funny to me, like, you know, just thinking like there's a war going on and right. out front of your apartment. You know what I mean? Go outside with your coffee and like, oh, hey, there's a cannon fire there. Oh, that's cool. Oh, hey, what do you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Check out the fireworks. Right. <laughs> Fuck you, Bill. <laughs> so early in 1861, the 23rd Ohio Volunteer Infantry, commanded by General J.D. Cox, had been pushing Confederate troops southward um, out of the area of Virginia. Mm. The Mercer County Line, which runs along uh, Flat Top Mountain, became the dividing line between Union and Confederate territory in the state. The 23rd established uh, uh, the 23rd uh, the Volunteer Infantry. Yeah. Uh, that's Ohio's thing here. Uh, they established Camp Jones at the end of 1861, located near the community of Flattop in Raleigh County as a base of operations while hunting bushwhackers Interesting. who were occupying the surrounding areas. Okay? Okay. So, of course, yeah, this is, you know, in the 1800s here, this is Civil War era, you know what I mean? It's kind of, kind of, 
awesome so far. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> and of course, the history of stuff is just what baffles me, and I love it. You know. So the uh, Flat Top um, Copperheads, a local guerrilla group under the leadership of Captain Richard B. Foley, had successfully eluded the 23rd until their meeting at Clark's house. Hmm. Uh, to the south, the Company F, uh, one, uh, the Company F 151st Virginia Mil- Militia. God, these names and yeah, numbers. It's so long. Formed in Mercer County in August of 1861 to defend Virginia from Union attack. Okay. Okay. Company F, commanded by Colonel Jennifer. That's his last name. But it's spelled J A J E N N E F E R. That's Jennifer, right? Yes. I don't. I guess. Probably was like Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah. Occupied the town of Princeton. Okay. So remember, we said that this—that's where the amusement park is. It's kind of like real close to Princeton. So that's why I'm even talking about this right now. If you're wondering. Anyway. <laughs> um, although not an official part of the CSA, the Flat Top Copperheads were uh, the eyes and ears of the 151st. Okay. Okay. Flat top copperheads. Flat top copperheads. Do they all have flat top haircuts? I could only hope so. <laughs> in 1861, while Foley was organizing his outfit, not all of his neighbors were in agreement of which side was right in the war. Most of the area residents were supporters of the Confederacy. However, quite a few were loyal to the Union. So this is like a really like a divisional line yeah, really. in this little area right here. And I've never heard of this before. You know, typically you hear like the big ones like Appomattox and things like that. You know right. what I mean? This is, I don't know. It's so funny. Anyway, so um, Foley's friend and neighbor, Russell French, was a union supporter and because of great opposition to his feelings, left Flattop and joined the Ohio 23rd. While serving in the 23rd, French would achieve the rank of captain and because of his knowledge of the area would be a great asset to operations. Mm. The Battle of Clark's House would bring these once friends together on the battlefield as enemies. Oh, man. <laughs> it is so amazing. On April 30th, 1862, General Cox ordered Captain Botsford, Captain Botsford, I don't know, that's a weird name. That's such a weird name. And a small group of men, including French, to search the area for Foley's group. While Foley watched the movements of the 23rd, the Copperheads remained undetected. As night fell and the camp be, uh, being four miles away, Botsford's men stayed the night at a friend of French, Henry Clark. Okay, they stayed there. Okay. So these guys are trying, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a little... They're, they're, they're playing a game right now. A little chess match. A little chess. A little t- Civil War chess match. <laughs> this is what's happening right now. Foley sent word of the small band to the 151st. Colonel Jennifer dispatched 300 troops. Foley's men surrounded the house and took positions overlooking the front door. The next morning, Botsford's men formed ranks in the front yard. Foley ordered his men to open fire, killing one and wounding several others before they were able to escape into the safety um, of the house. Okay, oh, wow. so they actually like again. This has got to be a big ass house. Yeah, it's got to be a big house. So the firefight continued for about thirty minutes. By which time the reinforcements had arrived from Princeton. It appeared to be hopeless for Botsford's men. However, Major Rutherford Hayes, yeah, of course, you know Rutherford B. Hayes there. Oh yeah. yeah, had his men ready to march early that morning. The first shots happened so close together that they sounded like one large blast. Hayes ordered his men to march toward the blast. As Hayes approached the battle site, Jennifer, you know, the other captain up there, or major, whatever, the guy with the girl name, <laughs> saw he was outnumbered and ordered his men to retreat toward Princeton. As the Confederate militia and the Copperheads fled south, Hayes' men followed and, uh, uh, let's see, followed and fought them for 22 miles uh, for 13 hours. Jeez. Yeah. So basically, like, walk a mile, load their musket. <laughs> it takes seven <laughs> minutes to load it yeah. while you're walking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, they, they had actual like revolvers and stuff during the Civil War. I don't know why I said musket. That's pretty funny. I yeah. mean, they had muskets because obviously, I, yeah, anyway, yeah. Anyway, 
I'm just making sure everyone knows that I'm not a complete idiot. So. <laughs> Finally reaching the hillside before Princeton, Hayes saw the sky fill with thick smoke, and as his troops moved closer to Princeton, they found the entire town was on fire. Oh, wow. Jennifer ordered his men to retreat south uh, uh, out of the town, burning every building. Three houses remained untouched by Confederate troops, leaving nothing of use for the Union Army. Refugees fled south with the Confederates in fear of the Union troops. Both French and Foley were wounded and would carry these reminders for the rest of their lives. After the Civil War ended, French moved back to Flat Top, where he and his old friend met for the first time since 1861. <laughs> they hugged each other and wept over everything that happened. Oh, okay, that's kind of a cool ending right it's there. It's kind of neat. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's kind of a neat story that because of your ties to, you know, I guess, what you believed in, yeah. you end up fighting each other. And it wasn't like some massacre and some right. crazy thing, but I mean, it lasted for 13 hours. They're at 22 miles. They're just shooting. I don't yeah. know. I just thought it was a cool story. So I always try to find cool things in these towns. So, all right. It's crazy. Anyway, it's pretty cool. It's a good, it's a good palate cleanser. Yeah. To get us into this. I like that. Yeah. So back to the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park here. The park was built in 1926 and ran for 62 years before closing in 1988. Hmm. Long ass time. That's a long time. The park gained attention for the public, uh, from the public for at least two deaths that happened um, while it was open. Of course, this gave rise to you know urban legends and you know ghost things and hauntings and blah blah blah. A total of six people died at the uh, the amusement park. Jeez. Yeah, you got to remember too. This is like from 1926 to 1988. I'm pretty sure that like safety measures were fairly laxed back then yeah I mean, in 1926 they didn't have seatbelts in cars back then so right. they probably didn't have seatbelts on the rides <laughs> probably right <laughs> so ct snitto a businessman bought the land in 1926 and started building a theme park for mercer county west virginia residents nice. right he's like you know what they need a fucking merry-go-round <laughs> that's what they need the county's residents, especially the local families of coal miners, loved the park, which had a uh, swing ride and a Ferris wheel. Yeah, after you're working 140 hours in the week, might as well go for a ride. Yeah, what could be better? Yeah. Sucking in all that black shit in the mines or whatever. Dear God. I, like, I got to clear my lungs. Best way to do that? Top that Ferris wheel. <laughs> Just saying. Additionally, it had a racetrack, a dance hall, a dance floor, and cottages for overnight stays. Unfortunately, due to a failing health inspection, the park closed in 1967. Now, remember, I said it closed in 88. Right. So it did close for a little while in between all this. Mm. Okay. Gaylord White. <laughs> <laughs> and if your name's Gaylord out there, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what yeah I, that's all I can say. A former worker of the park bought the property in 1985, intending to reopen it. It was briefly reopened in the summer of 1987. However, the park was forced to close after a 1988 archaeological search revealed several Native American artifacts and human remains entered before uh, interred, excuse me, before the white folk settlers arrived. Wow. Okay, so they're literally this thing is on top of a native burial ground. Of course it is. Yeah. Yep. You move the headstones but not the bodies? <laughs> Can you even tell me what movie that is? Uh, no. Poltergeist. It is. Yeah, at the very end, they realized that the entire housing community that they were living in and the reason they had poltergeists is because there was a cemetery there and they moved the headstones, but not the graves. Oh, I don't remember that. And at the very end, like when all the shit's going down in the yeah. pool in the back, all those skeletons are coming up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You've never even seen it, have you? No. Shit. <laughs> 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 
So the majority of the 13 discovered skeletons, okay, were young children. Gaylord momentarily revived the park, but it was shut down three years later. The park has offered um, escorted paranormal excursions ever since it was shut down. And you can still go to this place and actually yeah. get, like, ghost tours and things like that. So it's it's kind of cool. It's even creepier up her in person. Yeah, up her? Up her. Yeah. Up her. Up her. <laughs> All right. So, you know, we typically have a lot of information on the topics we discuss, but we found uh, a pretty excellent website here. You found this, actually. Yeah. Um, that details, like, a trip to Lake Shawnee. And we wanted to read some excerpts from Stephanie and Adam Hupka's journey and tour around Lake Shawnee. Quote, It might have been the creepy clown that towered over me, its mouth wide enough to swallow me whole, that sent shivers down my spine. It might have been the chill in the December air that clung to my skin. It might also have been one of my many spirits who call uh, one of the many spirits, one of my many spirits. <laughs> She's taking spirits with her. <laughs> See, I got all kinds of spirits here. Some Jack Daniel. <laughs> Here's the, sorry. Uh, it might also have been one of the many spirits who call Lake Shawnee Amusement Park home, arriving to welcome me to their final resting spot. Looking around at the other wide-eyed guests joining us on our Saturday afternoon tour, I knew whatever it was, I wasn't alone. The reason Adam and I sought out abandoned Lake Shawnee as a day trip destination is that we're not alone on our fascination with its remarkable history. Dozens of TV shows have filmed segments on the grounds, and thousands of guests stop by to explore each year. In the past, our interest in eerie and deserted, pla uh, eerie and deserted places has taken us to uh, plenty of abandoned spots as far as um, far away as Bulgaria's Bozluzda, Bozluzda, Buz, Bozluzda, It's probably like. I don't know. Bobbity boop. <laughs> hey, Lois. <laughs> Lois, look. I got a mustache. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, and as close to home as Pennsylvania Centralia. And we're no strangers to haunted locations like the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Mm -hmm. oh. Or the Whaley House in San Diego. I, I think we've talked about those a couple times. Yeah, maybe once or twice. Right. Yeah. With our world still very much in the midst of a pandemic, though, we decided to close out 2020 with a bit of a nightmare before Christmas experience. After all, most spirits are natural social uh, distancers, and an outdoor history lesson sounded like a wonderful way to spend a day. History reigns supreme at Lake Shawnee, where a small team shares a powerful mission to educate the world about their small corner of West Virginia. Whether you are planning a trip of your own or are wondering what you uh, might get from the experience, one thing is for certain. A day at Lake Shawnee will create some incredible lasting memories end oh. quote <laughs> so yeah so i mean people say they love it and i actually watched a bunch of youtube videos and we're going to play something towards the end of the episode today Ooh. um and i mean it's creepy but you, you know how i feel about all that yeah. ghost hunter stuff yeah. and what's his name dick bag baggins the, the, you know what i mean like <laughs> I, I just i can't get into it like it's so fake to me really you know what i mean i just can't I don't know. There's nothing. There's there some fucking videos that I've seen, like especially like with TikTok and all that shit. That it's kind of hard to decipher between like you know what's edited and what's acting, because there are some freaking videos that I've seen where people will like be walking through like a church or something, and they are just one. They're being super creepy about everything, but two, I don't know where you just see like this random apparition that just walks by, and it's usually like some chicken address, but it's like the weirdest fucking thing, and it yeah. always gets you. <laughs> what gets me is that today now. So if you would have showed that to me back in like 1986. Were you even alive in 86? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, unfortunately, yes, I was. Um, but if you would have, if I would have seen that back then, I would have been like, oh, my God. Well, right. first of all, I was a kid. Yeah. But second of all, you know, there was no, like, editing stuff. I mean, there was, but it's like you had to be 
like companies had like that kind of NASA stuff. grade, right? Moon landing. Now it's like anyone can create that. So I just don't even know what's yeah. real and what's not anymore. Yeah, you know. So it's hard for me to. And then a lot of it just it seems so contrived and whatever. Yeah. I, I'll get off my soapbox anyway. So Lake Shawnee in the 1980s. Ooh. As I mentioned, all right, Lake Shawnee Amusement Park opened its doors in 1926 when proprietor Conley Snitto Sr. purchased the land. His vision to build a place for local families to relax and enjoy time together came to fruition as the coal miners from local towns stopped on each stopped on by each year, making it a destination for summer vacations. The park was chock full of activities, featuring an artificial swimming hole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or a lake, if you'd like. Uh, racetrack concessions and again cabins for visitors desiring overnight stays the cornerstones were the ferris wheel and the swings popular with everyone at the park or held a merg around i don't know yet (laughs) 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 i'm sure it comes later it probably so i uh i didn't know any of this either i went on a complete rabbit hole in this episode for like stuff all right so the original ferris wheel was designed and constructed by george washington gale ferris jr like the original, con- like the, the the conception of the Ferris wheel, correct? Or that Ferris wheel at that playground? No, no. Music park. The original Ferris wheel, like the the actual first Ferris wheel ever. Why do people when they make stuff they put their name in it? Oh, I w- I would. Oh. I'd be like that. There is called the Sayer Shit Sweeper. The Shit Sweeper. Yeah, the Sayer Switch. Sh- 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 I can't even say it. <laughs> exactly. Never mind. I change it. I change it back. <laughs> yep, I'm done. All right, so, and it was constructed by George, uh, again, by uh, Ferris Jr. here, as a landmark for the 1893 World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago. Hmm. Okay, it has become the most common amusement ride at state fairs in the United States. Does that, um, the Columbian Exposition in Chicago, does that sound familiar to you at all? The Columbian Exposition, that's The sounds... world's Columbian Exposition in Chicago in 1893. That sounds very familiar. Isn't that where they first developed cocaine and all that shit because of the Columbians and all oh, that was there? I'm going to say no on that one. Coffee, right? Mm-mm. Oh, damn. Yep. You're trying. You want to go for third? Um, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, actually, uh, if it does sound familiar to our true crime fanatics out there, that's because a certain self-proclaimed and highly likely serial killer had built himself a murder hotel during his time, and uh, it was located right there in the heart of the festivities. Oh, yeah. A certain Herman Webster Mudgett, better known as Dr. Henry Howard Holmes, or H.H. Holmes if you're nasty, Okay, <laughs> so you can subscribe to our Patreon for the upcoming, uh, upcoming, upcoming fuck that guy edition of this piece of monkey shit. Yeah, H.H. Holmes, I'm, we're going to do a, uh, a bonus episode on him. Oh, yeah. And it is not at all what I thought it was. I've, I've listened to so many podcasts about him. Yeah, he's quite popular. But he shouldn't be. No. He's, he's, to be honest, and we'll talk about it, he's mainly popular because he's full of shit. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. But he did build a, a hotel there, yeah. and he was having people there, and in the midst of this huge exposition in Chicago, and this thing was big. I'm talking, this is where, like, Tesla and, and Edison were, like, showing electricity in the streets for the first time. Like, this was, this was huge, huge. Huh. What? I'm just trying to piece it all together. I was like, you said 18 what? 93. 93? Mm-hmm. Huh. Why? You, you look perplexed. I'm just thinking because, like, that's that's crazy that they were, like, that it was within, like, older, you know, like, for the first exposition where they were showing off electricity because. No, no. Th- now, there were other things that they did, but this was, like, this was. Like, the big one. So, Chicago was trying to outdo, like, New York. Mm. Chicago at the time was trying to become 
like they wanted to prove themselves as a metropolis. Right. And this is the late 1890s, you know what yeah. I mean? So you're talking like the very late 19th century going into the 20th century. And so they were had they were pulling out all the stops. And if we should also do a bonus episode on St. Louis tried to do one too. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, did that flop. Oh, yeah, it was no. rough. So anyway, um, that was the big thing. They were like, we want to make this the biggest thing possible. I mean, they went and built... Uh, expanded the city out. Right. They had all these things going on. And, and basically, if you look up the exposition or whatever, maybe we'll do a, a bonus on just the exposi- uh, yeah. exposition. Because they were doing like a bunch of stuff at that time too, like trying to build like the skyscrapers to outbeat, like you were saying, New York and shit yeah. like that too. It was, so. it was amazing. And like uh, so many new conceptual ideas came across too, like right. new forms of transportation, yeah. um, new uh, gadgets for your home. Yeah, like the washing machine and shit like that. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's, so it was really cool, but it's just in the midst of all this, there was a guy who was had a hotel, a murder hotel, with all these hidden places like gas chambers and yeah, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Didn't they do a whole ass season on that for American Horror Story? The HH Holmes or whatever? Uh, they may have. I think so. I, I, I really... Isn't that, isn't that the Lady Gaga episode too? I, I don't know. I don't, I, know. I don't know. I, don't, I got, I, I got I, lost I after like the third season. And it's season. Gaga. Is it Gaga? Gaga. Gaga. <laughs> Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, definitely sign up for Patreon over there and uh, we'll be talking about that turd. And uh, yeah, and the exposition. Why not? We'll do both. So, um, you know, just to give you guys something else here to keep you awake at night, I uh, found a, an interesting factoid. Oh. Yes. A report from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission files um, recorded 49 non-occupational fatalities from 1987 through 1999. Okay. 87 to 99, that's 12 years. Right. So 49 non-occupational fatalities, right? Holy shit. At amusement parks. Oh. <laughs> the estimated number of non-occupational amusement ride-related fatalities from 1987 through 1998 was 52. So they believe that it's right around 49 to 52 for an estimated an estimated annual average of 4.3 deaths each year during that period. What the hell? That is not people that work there. No, that's those are people that pay a ticket <laughs> and they die. Oh, yeah. Since 1985, at least 12 carnival workers have been killed while assembling or disassembling a portable Ferris wheel ride. Yeah, those things are fucking death traps, man. Yeah, so have fun at the fair, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Enjoy yourselves out there. Yeah. yeah. The tallest Ferris wheel, the 260-meter or 853-foot, um, AIN, uh, let's see, AIN Dubai in the United Arab uh, Emirates, opened in uh, October of 2021. I mean, it's 853 feet. Wait, the UAE has the world's largest one now? Yeah. I thought it was London that had it for the longest time. No, in fact, the previous record holder since 2014 had been the uh, 550-foot or 167.6-meter uh, high roller in Las Vegas, Nevada. Holy shit, really? Yep. Wow. Which opened to the public in March of 2014. No shit. Well, there you go. Now you guys know a little bit about Ferris wheels. and Yeah, of course, if I could put up a really cool-ass ride as soon as I fucking leave Vegas. Mm-hmm. What the fucking shit is that? <laughs> Sorry, guy. <laughs> <laughs> On to the story. Sorry. So tragedy began to grip Lake Shawnee Amusement Park in the 1950s when several deaths shocked the locals. A young girl's life ended on the swing wide, uh, swing wide, swing ride when a delivery truck backed into her seat, killing her. Oh shit! Yeah, she was on the swing and swinging in a truck. Yeah, another uh, young boy drowned in the swing pool after his arm got stuck in a drain pipe. Oh yeah, not good. By 1966, Lake Shawnee Amusement Park closed its doors to the public, and the land sat dormant for decades. In the 1980s, the park again welcomed visitors when Gaylord White, we mentioned this before because his name, (laughs) acquired the land and set out to restore it to its former glory. In addition to purchasing a Ferris wheel, he found a swing ride that seemed to be just like the swings that once thrilled guests. 
When they installed the swings on the property, they realized the serial number matched that of the swings on the property from the 20s. Yes, the one the little girl died on. Wow. Until the park closed in 1966. It seemed like it was meant to be, making the grand opening even more poignant. Yeah. Right? We have the original swing. And, yeah, don't tell anyone, but someone died on it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So Lake Shawnee Amusement Park welcomed tens of thousands of visitors during its second run, which lasted three years in the 1980s. Unfortunately, high insurance prices forced the White family to close their doors for the second and final time after a few short seasons, forcing them to pivot their activities to, you know, keep the land active. That's when they started doing, like, you know, you can come there and hang out for other purposes and stuff. They uh, hosted fishing tournaments in what used to be the swimming lake, and they planned to create a space on the property for mud bogging. Oh, yeah. A motorsport sport sport the family knew would draw crowds to watch. Yes, West Virginia, you're doing it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're going to go down there and say some mud bogging. Yeah? Damn straight. What's a bog? Bog? Yeah, is it like a, a a ride, a vehicle? No, I don't know. <laughs> In this context, I have no idea. Yeah, what the hell? I know what a bog is. A bog is like a it's like a marsh. Yeah, it's like a swampish yeah, area. Yeah. yeah, but so mud bog. Do you go into the marsh maybe and and take your truck out there and go mud? So it's riding. It's, it's mudding, but you're in a bog. Mud boggy. Let's go. That, with that. would make sense. Let's go with that. All right, that, that sounds good. <laughs> Now, while excavating a mud-bogging track, you know, because they're getting this thing started, Ah. the White family made a series of surprising discoveries that took the property's already rich history and cranked it up a fucking notch. Together with a team from Marshall University, Go Herd, and you know what I'm saying, the White family discovered artifacts that told the story of the people who originally called the land home, the Shawnee tribe. In the late 1700s, the property was the active home base for the Native Americans until they suddenly disappeared. Among the bracelets, clothing, and tools uh, that the excavators found, they also found mass graves that suggested as many as 3,000 Shawnee people may have been buried on the property. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. It was a shocking discovery that furthered yet another story that played out on the land, that of the Clay family. And believe it or not, this story I'm about to tell you is documented and true. Oh, yeah. As the story goes, Mitchell Clay, the nephew of Henry Clay, and his family settled along the Bluestone River at Clover Bottom in 1775. The area had been occupied previously by the Shawnees, as we mentioned, who had fished in the nearby Bluestone River and grew corn in the Fertile Valley. Oh. Yes. In August of 1783, after Clay had harvested his small grain crop and left to hunt game, a marauding party of 11 Native Americans crept to the edge of the field and shot one of his sons, Bartley, dead. The discharge of the gun alarmed the rest of the family. In the ensuing melee, a daughter, Tabitha, was also killed, while another son, Ezekiel, was captured. Now, after returning to the house, Mitchell came across the two dead children. He formed a posse and pursued the Native Americans, eventually overtaking them in Boone County. Several of them were killed, but some escaped to Chillicothe, where they burned the youngest son, poor Ezekiel, at the stake. Oh, damn. Mm Mm-hmm. All three children were buried on the property, and a monument there now stands on the location of the tragic death as a memorial to them. Now, while it may have been the first violent tragedy on the property, it certainly wasn't the last, especially about the children, as we discussed. And it started to make people wonder, is Lake Shawnee Amusement Park haunted? So, if you had a a recipe book, yeah, and, you know, it's like, how to make a place fucking haunted. Yeah. Hmm, let's see. Mm, Native American burial ground with 3,000 people there, mm, or, or 3,000 
bodies there. Okay, check. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Little boy drowns in a in the lake. Check. Uh, the family that was there after the word afterwards, two were shot and one was burned at the stake, and they brought their bodies back and buried them. Check. And a little girl is hit by a uh, a truck on a swing set. Check. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Let's mix that all together. And mm. there you go. Oh, it feels really good. Boo! You know what I mean? <laughs> Just a ghost pops up out of it. That's how you make a place haunted, folks. So as Gaylord White, um, his son, Chris, would ask, um, you know, was asked, um, what's your definition of haunted? Right? That's what he asks. Many visitors to Lake Shawnee Amusement Park have stories that suggest some spirits are at play. Many people report interactions with the little girl who died on the swings. Because the White family acquired the original swing set when they reopened the park in the 1980s, it does seem possible, maybe even likely, that the girl's spirit might spend time near the spot where she took her final breath. Sure enough, some eerie uh, eerie interactions have taken uh, place near the swing. Her swing is marked by a red ribbon, although she prefers an adjacent swing where an owl ornament hangs down. On a still day, the owl appears to dance in in an invisible breeze. Some watch it shake and spin on an otherwise still day, when not even the leaves and the trees seem to move. Curiously, the owl will often stop in its tracks, falling limp as if someone had had just hit a switch, or as if a child dropped it as she moved on to play with other toys. Uh, (laughs) That's not creepy at all. The boy who died when he drowned in the lake is also reported to move throughout the park, seemingly preferring the area at the front of the park where he can welcome and protect visitors in a way that he could not protect himself when he was alive. Close to the lake, a white plastic pinwheel attached to the side of an old ticket booth may be his connection from his world to that of the living. And I've seen videos of this. Ooh. Okay. Like the owl ornament, the pinwheel moves even when there is no wind. Like people will sit there and talk. They'll put like an EMF reader next to it. And they'll talk to the thing and the EMF reader will go up and then all of a sudden the pinwheel will start moving. That's crazy. Yeah. Kind of wild. Yeah. And then again, you guys know how I am. Do I believe in that shit? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Just seems kind of weird. So this suggests that somebody, you know, we can't see might actually be able to control it. In one video, a woman asked for the pinwheel to move, to speed up, to go faster, to stop, and it does, even without the help of the wind. Yeah, that's crazy. It's one thing if you're like, hey, you little dude, can you move that? And it's like, you know? Yeah. You're like, ah, yay, look what I did. But then it's like, hey, little dude, can you make that move? Okay, now make it go faster. Okay, now slow it down. Okay, now stop it. And it does all that? Yeah, that's crazy. I'm out. Yep. Gone. <laughs> Gone. Do you know Morse code? <laughs> Let me see you do some stops and goes. Stops yeah. and goes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Should I leave? It spins. You know what I mean? Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. So, um, is Lake Shawnee Amusement Park actually haunted? While it may be impossible to separate the suspicious from the supernatural, one thing is definitely for sure. There doesn't seem to be any evil spirits on the property. Mm-hmm. So, nobody's getting any kind of malicious anything there. Yeah, it always cool. seems very, like, friendly and just kind of like, you know, maybe like they're little kids. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's not nefarious. It's not like something sitting there, like, carving stuff in your back or, you know what I mean? Yeah, that would be... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool with that, especially knowing that there's like 3,000 some odd, you know, Native Americans that may or may not have been buried there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, you might get scalped, you know, or I don't know. The I don't know the, yeah, they, they do that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You wake up, wake up, you're staying over or whatever, and you wake up and your feet are all on fire and shit. You're like, what the, what the fuck, what the fuck? 
<laughs> you just look out and you see some dude in just a, a towel around his <laughs> basement looking at you going, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I am okay. So despite the Shawnee burial grounds just across the field and the resting place for the clay children who perished in a violent attack, there are only stories about playful ghosts who only seem interested in human connection. Your visit might connect you to your own ghost stories, but they are more likely to bring a smile to your face than fear. This is what they say there. So while, while the Discovery Channel was there filming, one of its investigators got stuck in the old ticket booth and went into such a panic that she had to go to the hospital in Princeton. She got stuck in a... Yeah, okay. okay. Quote, she couldn't get out and she was yelling for help. This is Chris White, you know, the, the son of Gaylord here. And uh, quote, it was a push door and she was pushing. She couldn't get out of the damn thing. Hmm. It's like somebody or something had locked it or was playing with her. Yeah. Very possible. It seems like, like a little kid be like, ha ha, you can't get out. Yeah. So, um, now they don't really speak of any kind of personal creepy like um, Shawnee experiences, all right? But the father says he did have an encounter with the little girl who lost her life on the swings 49 years ago at the time of this um, um, article here. And this is pretty amazing mm -hmm. <laughs> because this is exactly what I, I imagine my father, your grandfather, doing this. Gotcha. Okay. Quote, dad was on the tractor mowing the field and he kept feeling a weight on his shoulders. Okay. He didn't know what it was, so one day he felt the weight and he turned around and the little girl from the swings was there. She was in a ruffled dress and she just appeared. He wasn't scared, but the only thing he could think was, well, if you want this tractor so much, I'm going to give it to you. So he got off of it and left it sitting there. It's been sitting there <laughs> since he left it in the late 90s. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You want it? I'm out. <laughs> See that too. Yep. I just bought this damn tractor, but hey. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. You can, you can, it's all yours. A ghost wants, a ghost can have. Yes. So now I did find some uh, actual um, experiences from Reddit users. Nice. Okay. Uh, this one says, that a few years back during my junior year of high school, I was in a tourism class in my vocational school. It was a lot of fun. Honestly, me and my buddies um, got to go on trips while others were stuck in class. In mid-October of 2017, we went to Pipe Stem in Pipe Stem, West Virginia. The first day was pretty standard as far as a trip can go. Me and the guys uh, had our own cabin out in the woods, and the girls had the same uh, accommodations. The next day, though, things got really weird. Okay. We were bored in our cabin uh, the following night, so we decided to head to Lake Shawnee. Okay. Why not? Yeah. It was an amusement park built in an Indian burial ground that operated back in the early 1900s. Yeah, we know this, Dick. Shut up. <laughs> it was shut down in the late, teen, uh, late 60s, uh, I believe, after a child drowned in the lake. Would be correct. We waited till after dark and then headed over there because it was only like a 10-minute drive. We're laughing the whole way there, just acting like dumb teenagers. As soon as we pulled near the tree line, the park played, um, the park played just beyond. Wait, near the tree line, the park played just beyond. Whatever. Something felt off. All the joy was sucked out of me. I'm sorry to hear that. Or am I? <laughs> <laughs> Had that happened before? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. Uh, I felt, uh, uh, let's see, I just felt like we weren't welcome there. The park had two attractions, the Ferris wheel and the swings. Basking in the full moon, the park looked uh, haunting, uh, haunting beautiful. Hauntingly beautiful would be the proper yeah, thing. Whatever. That's fine. At this point, we're still being shithead kids and decided it's a good idea to take a seat on one of these swings. We hang around for 20 or more minutes, but just as we're leaving, I feel a burning sensation on my lower back. Oh, at the stake. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they're coming. <laughs> like someone has pressed a hot iron against it. Ignoring it wasn't helping as it just intensified the scorching pain. I tell my buddy to pull out a flashlight and check out my back. See if I scraped it on a branch or on some rust at the park or something. Makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Sure enough, three distinct claw marks ran the length of my lower back. Oh, shit. It made all the hairs on my body stand up. 
I felt like someone was there hovering over me like a dark cloud. We got back to our cabin and the scratches are nowhere to be seen at this point, but I wasn't feeling any better. I felt like I was a passenger in my own body, like I was in, uh, I was in third person. There was something malevolent, I could feel it, but I was tired beyond belief at this point, so I go to our room and crash on the bed. At about 3 a.m. that night, one of my buddies calls from the living room, his voice trembling. Me and my other two buddies in the room go to check on him. The front door was wide open. He looked gaunt, drenched in sweat, um, in sweat, what? He looked gaunt, drenched in sweat appearance as how I felt only a couple hours earlier. Sure. <laughs> okay. In other words, he looked like how he felt earlier or right. how he was. Yeah. Okay. He explained he was fast asleep on the couch when he felt a cool breeze across his face. Ooh. Ooh. That's mm-hmm. nice. Refreshing. Yes. Sitting up and seeing the seemingly endless wilderness outside our cabin. We were all shook pretty bad as well as had locked the front door and all of us stayed in our rooms for almost the entire night. I didn't believe in all this ghost bullshit before this happened, but something followed me back from Lake Shawnee. Something evil, perhaps even something ancient. What, why did the cool breeze freak out? So what I'm <laughs> maybe what I'm, maybe what, it was a draft. What I'm, what I'm thinking is they were he was laying on the couch and the door opened and then the wind came in and smacked him in the face and he woke up like why is the door open and we closed it or whatever. That's what I'm thinking. Obviously that ghost was fucking annoyed and y'all were a bunch of party poopers so he just dipped. Or it's an old cabin and it didn't latch correctly and it blew open. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, I mean, that's just saying. That's plausible. Just I mean, I think the ghost getting annoyed and leaving was cooler, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just seems kind of, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, listen, I guess logic, <laughs> but but in that state of mind too, when you're out there and with your buddies yeah. and you're all like kind of spooked out as it is and you're like, eh, you know, and then something happens, you're like, oh my God, it's, you know, it's Satan. You it's know? the only thing that makes Sorry, sense. Sorry, Satan. I'm just kidding. Yeah, you know what I mean? I don't, don't call his name right yeah. now, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just kidding. So, you know what I mean? Like, I guess you can get hyped up about it. Yeah. It's, I don't know. That's uh, interesting. To say the least. Yes. Yes, to say the least. Yes. So now, um, I've, like I said, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos of people going out and, you know, doing their ghost hunting, ghost busting things and stuff like that, you yes. know? Um, so, but I found one from a, uh, a YouTube video from, his name is Omar Gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's pretty amazing. So it's Omar, Omar Gosh TV, where some ghost hunters talk to a particular ghost. That's me. Sorry, not the video. <laughs> there you go. That's the one that people have witnessed on more than one occasion. An apparition. We're going to try to reach out to that apparition that can be seen, as well as the little girl that haunts the swing area that may have been the little girl that was killed by the by the truck. So I'm using an app that is from the same developers as the other app that I'm always using. Now, if you want to use either of these apps that I'm using, Links are down below, and it's available for Apple as well as Android. I used this app not long ago, and it was the first time ever that I had used it. It's actually pretty scary. So there's different channels that you can use here. And you I've can seen those like before. We should get some of those. Yeah. And what's really cool, too, is that there's a visual. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. So let's go ahead and communicate with whatever spirit's here. What's the name of the spirit that is here that occupies bucket number 10? <coughs> Mike? 
Is it Mike? Or did it say nine? <coughs> we'll go here to visual. That's kind of cool. Ooh. So your name is Mike? <coughs> it's Mike, right after I asked again. Mike. Why are you here, Mike? What's your story, Mike? I want to know. Mod. Mad? You say mad? Mm -hmm. Did you say? I don't know. It was sounding like it said none of your business. Yes, that was crazy. Was that you? No. Not me. Who's here with us? Sean? Shawnee. The Shawnee. Oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> fucking face. Terror? Did they treat you like a terrorist? Would? I would just let it talk. I'm not going to say anything. Let's walk. What was that? What, 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 what? Yo, what? There was what? just... What? There was just shadows literally all around us. I swear there were so many just shadows no. right here around you. I oh, it has God. to be a camera. I don't know. I was up by your face. There they come. Is wow. that what it said? Yeah. Oh, my God. Come on, let's walk to the swing. We're not here to disrespect you at all. Look, I can, my hand won't stop shaking. Dude, Tiffany, I, I don't know what Tiffany saw Dude, right now. The entire. But she's shaking really bad. Everything around you was just like, I don't even know how to explain it. What spirits were around me right now? You don't want to talk anymore? Dude, there's something behind uh, me. Did they just say it. Omar? That said my name. Leave? Omar, leave? Do you want me to leave? Yeah. That's what it said. All right, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> said, Thank you. I disrespect you at all. Do you want me to stop communicating? Leave. It said it again. Do you want me to stop communicating with the spirit box? Yes. God, I'm scared. Yeah, you should why. turn it off. Leave again. All right, I'm turning this off. So. I told you I felt this whole time. I'm normally cool with the spirit box. Yeah. I love hearing it. I think it's very cool. For whatever reason, I felt like it was just not a good idea tonight. Really? Yes, I like. I'm not lying. You know, I'm always down for that type of stuff. It's crazy because Tiffany did say something about not using the spirit box. <gasps> Whoa! What? 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 There's a bat just flew out at us. You see that? Uh-uh. Right here. Oh, I see it. I see it. I see it. That flew out at us? Yes. Wait, don't wow. they say spirits can communicate through birds? I swear I've heard that before. I don't even like feel safe anymore. No. No. Do you want to leave? I'm like, 
I legit felt uncomfortable doing that spirit box communication. But you know what? Like, that's why you're respectful. You ask permission. If they say no, if, if they say leave, you leave. You don't provoke it. All right. So anyway, <laughs> that was them out there. And uh, yeah, um, they, you know, and, and there's so many videos like this out there where you can actually watch and have people go out to... Uh, you know, Lake Shawnee, and you know they see things. That I watched one where this guy, I was gonna actually play some of it, mm-hmm. but it was so like this dude claimed that he could actually, he was basically channeling the ghosts. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. It was just so corny. I just couldn't do it. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I can't. I can't do that. So anyway, if you want to check those out, you can also do that. Just look up Lake Shawnee, you know, ghosts or or, or haunted Lake Shawnee on YouTube, and you can check that out. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. It is what it is, I yeah, guess. Omar gosh. <laughs> Omar gosh. Omar gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that, that's, that's pretty much what we have yeah. as far as Lake Shawnee. It's got a great story to it, and it's literally one of the most haunted ones. I know this is a little bit shorter of an episode, but it's, it's a cool story. Yeah, it's And crazy. it's not far from us either. It's, it's, no. it's probably about, uh, I'd say, about four hours from us. You want to go there? Sure. Right. Why not? We can do that. Right. Just when it warms up. Yeah, I'm not going out there right now. Well, it's it's almost Kentucky, isn't it? That's southern southern West Virginia. It's almost Virginia. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that'd be like you know, 50, 55 right now. Better maybe. than well, it's today's supposed to be nice. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully. So anyway, that's that's pretty cool to me. Yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, what do you think you believe it? Uh, that uh, amusement park exists. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> All right, so we're going to be talking about in the movies. We are going to be talking about the top ten horror movies based in carnivals and amusement parks. Ooh. Right? Yeah. Yes, and of course, one of our favorite websites. This is from Ranker.com. Number ten. Number ten on our list. Number ten. Yeah. Yeah. Is it number ten? Yes. We're on number ten right now, right? Yes. Okay. You got that? No. What number are we on? Uh, ten. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. It is a Carnival of Souls. Oh, that's a great movie. Ugh. Starring Candace Hillgoss, Francis Feast, Sidney Berger. Okay. From 1962. And it says, uh, let's see. Mary Henry ends up the sole survivor of a fatal car accident through mysterious circumstances. Trying to put the incident behind her, she moved to Utah and takes a job as a church organist. But her fresh start is interrupted by visions of a fiendish man as the visions begin to occur more frequently. Mary finds herself drawn to the deserted carnival on the outskirts of town. The strangely alluring carnival may hold the secret to her tragic past. Oh. oh, oh, oh. First time we did that today. Yeah. That was weird. weird. I'm lacking. I'm lacking. (laughs) This is number 23 of 102 of the 100 best movies streaming on the Criterion channel. I don't know what that is. Interesting. Number 11 of 51 of free movies, the best films in the public domain. And number 22 of 57 of the best gothic horror movies. There you go. Hmm. Number nine on our list is Hellfest. Uh, that was a good movie. You have seen this one? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, Amy Forsyth, Rain Edwards, Bex, Taylor Klaus. Great name. Uh, from 2018. Let's see. On Halloween night, three young women and their respective boyfriends head to Hellfest, a ghoulish traveling carnival that features a labyrinth of rides, games, and mazes. They soon face a bloody night of terror when a mass serial killer turns the horror theme park into his own 
personal playground. Dun, dun, dun. It was very, very cringy acting, of course. I could probably tell, and it's not on any list no, whatsoever. It's very so, cringy. It was on Netflix for yeah. a little bit. It was, it was, it was all right. I mean, yeah. it was interesting. It'd be, it'd be okay. It'd be all right. All right. Yeah. Number eight on the list. Love this movie. It's Zombieland. Where all the fucking Twinkies? <laughs> of course, Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, and Emma Stone from 2009. After, it, well, if you don't know this one, I will tell you. After a virus turns most people into zombies, the world's surviving humans remain locked in an ongoing battle against the hungry undead. Four survivors, Tallahassee and his co-host Columbus, Wichita, and Little Rock, abide by a list of survival rules and zombie-killing strategies as they make their way toward a rumored safe haven in Los Angeles. Bill Murray. Yeah, it's got an amazing uh, spot in it with Bill Murray. Dude, it's so good. God, it was so good. Have you seen the second one? Uh, I don't think I, I started watching, but I don't think I finished it. Yeah, we, you, you should watch it. I will. It's I not will. as good as the first one, but it's it never is. interesting. Awesome. Uh, number 20, uh, 73 of 247 of the best rainy day movies. Odd. Hell yeah, uh, yeah. Number 6 of 30 of the 22... <laughs> Wait, listen. Number 6 of 30 of the 22 plus... Best fast-moving zombie movies. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's and numbers. number one of 13 of the most delightful Bill Murray cameos. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Okay. Uh, what other movies are on that? Hold on. I got to see what other of movies the are Of the Bill Murray cameos? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I'm sorry. Uh, Zombieland, like we just said. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Get Smart. I didn't know he was in that. Yeah. Um, yeah Ghostbusters. He, yeah. Get Smart. He the plays one, one of the, uh, the FBI agents or whatever. Okay, Parks and Recreation. Didn't know he was on there. Hmm. The Grand Budapest Hotel. No idea. Dumb and Dumber 2. Wait, what? Yeah. It says prior to its release, Dumb and Dumber 2 swirled with rumors about potentially cele uh, potential celebrity cameos. Even Jennifer Lawrence was mentioned as a possibility. Jay Law apparently ended up on the cutting room floor at her own request, but Murray's in the final cut. In the film, uh, Jeff Daniels introduces Lloyd to his new roommate, Ice Pick. In a Breaking Bad kind of situation, we're surprised to find that Murray is the one cooking up what appears to be crystal or rock candy. As here, okay, so he was, all right, all right. I don't even remember that. Then Square Pegs, Angie Tribeca, Vice Principals, Coffee and Cigarettes. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, the Darjeeling Limited and the Limits of Control. I, 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 okay. No idea. I'm taking their word for it. Okay. Um, yep. All right, moving on. Number seven is... Something Wicked This Way Comes from 1983. Huh. Jason Robards, Jonathan Price, and Diane Ladd. Um, it <laughs> Mr. Dark brings his traveling carnival to a small Midwestern town and grants wishes for a price. That's all it says. Okay. Number okay. 237 of 391 of the best movies based on books. Number 168 of 179 of the best movies for families. And number 81 of 189 of the best and scariest psychological thrillers of all time. Damn. I might have to watch that. It said best movies for families. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It. Yeah. Best movie. Yeah. Huh. I don't, I don't know. Number six, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Sid Haig, Bill Mosley, Sherry Moon, Zombie. Of course, she's in that freaking movie because she's in all of them. Um, two thousand three, and uh, you guys probably know what that is, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Number seventy-two of eight eighty-six of the best cult classic movies of all time. Damn. Number eight of twenty-three of underrated Halloween movies you should watch this year. Good. Okay. I like it's it. a good movie. It's yeah. fun. The acting in it is absolutely horrible. As most. It is so bad. Movies. It did introduce Rain Wilson, though, uh, which is very cool to me. That's Dwight Schrute. Uh, oh, really? That was his first movie. Yeah. 
No. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Mm-hmm. No shit. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, swear to God. Uh, anyway. this, this was 2003. I, is that what I said? Yeah, 2003. Yeah. When did Transformers come out? More than meets the eyes. By the way, the found, new- an, found an Optimus Prime. Wait, what? Lego. You did? Yes. Well, and and once it's built, it transforms. Oh, I know. It's so expensive, though. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so number uh, five on the list is Final Destination 3 with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, Ryan Merriam, and Chris Lernchie. That's my favorite one. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, let's see. We all know the premise of all these movies. Uh, 2006, smart, uh, number six of 21 of Smart Ways, dumb horror sequels improve on the originals. Yep. Number 135 of 188 of the greatest slasher movies ever made. And number 35 of 209 of the best teen movies rated R. Yeah, that was a good one. Okay. Number four, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I Fuck hear yeah, I hear they're rebooting that. I they think. are. They're yeah. making a video game out of it. Are they? Yeah. That's awesome. Like, literally, it's going to be like one of the coolest freaking video games of this year. Grant Kramer, Susan, Suzanne Snyder, and John Allen Nelson. <laughs> if you don't know, <laughs> this is from 1988. When teenagers Mike and Debbie see a comet crash outside their sleepy small town, they investigate and discover a pack of murderous aliens who look very much like circus clowns. They try to warn the local authorities, but everyone assumes their story is a prank. Meanwhile, the clowns set about harvesting and eating as many people as they can. It's not until they kidnap Debbie that Mike decides it's up to him to stop the clown's bloody rampage. It's amazing. Yeah. Number 188 of the funniest 80s movies. Number 14 of 15 of underrated sci-fi movies where Earth fends off an alien invasion. Number 44 of 64 of the most rewatchable horror movies. It's, it's, it's campy. It's funny. Yeah. It's good. It was, it's good. I can't wait for the video game to come out, though. Uh, number three on our list is It. Stephen King's It, the original It, uh, with Tim Curry, Seth Green, and John Ritter, and its description, not that you need it, because pretty much everyone's seen this, main friends struggle with the embodiment of evil. Okay, well, thank you for that. Fair enough. Appreciate it. Number 174, 375 of, quote, old movies every young person needs to watch in their lifetime. Number 148 of 391 of the best movies based on books, and number 8 of 59 of the best movies based on Stephen King books. And it's great. I mean, yeah. it, I, I liked the new one, but to me, growing up and seeing that original one, like, because yeah. that was on, it was like a made for TV movie. Right. And I actually watched it, you know, and it scared the shit out of me. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I, I think the newer one is more <clears throat> realistic scary, where the old one is just like, it's a, it's a, it's a scary movie. It's campy. It's, yeah. it's, it's campy. Uh, number two on the list is The Fun House. Starring Elizabeth Barrage, Cooper Huckabee, and Miles Chapin from 1981. Rebellious teen Amy defies her parents by going to a trashy carnival that has pulled into town. In tow are her boyfriend Buzz <laughs> and their friends Liz and Richie. Thinking it would be fun to spend the night in the campy funhouse horror ride, the teens, the teens witness a murder by a deformed worker wearing a mask. Locked in, Amy and her friends must evade the murderous carnival workers and escape before it leaves town the next day. Huh. Number 52 of 119 of the best movies of uh, 1981. Number 5 of 25 of video nasties that are actually worth watching. Okay. Number 207 of 220 of 80s movies we wish we would finally get sequels to. Okay. That that sounds cool. But what, what video nasties? Is that like bad guys or is that like doing yeah, the nasty? I guess it's bad guys. Okay. Yeah. it's Any idea or any guesses what number one might be on this? Uh, the uh, new it. You think so? Well, let's figure it out. Number one is freaks. 
Wallace Ford, Olga Baklanova, and Leela Hyams from 1932. I actually know about this movie. If this is the one I'm thinking about. So they actually, so back in the day when, um, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bill, Bob, Ted. No, the Ringling Brother. What's his name? Uh, the guy that started that whole thing. The Ringling Brothers? Yeah, like Barnum Bailey and all that stuff. What, what was the guy's name? The the main dude. The, oh, the I don't guy. know. They, they just, Hugh Jackman did a movie about him recently. Oh, The, the Greatest Showman. The, yeah, The Greatest Showman. I don't know. remember his name. Damn it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so he, he and all these other places used to hire, you know, um, physically deformed people. Right. And would put them up as, as freaks yeah. and whatnot. So they made a movie about it. And the movie was so disturbing that, like, people, I mean, they no pun intended, freaked out about it. Really? And they had to like cut a bunch of parts and pieces out of it before they could release it and everything. What oh, was so disturbing? And well, it's seen an 800 pound man. It's 1930s. Yeah, true that. You know, so if you're showing like some deformed guy or lady with like two arms and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? With the Siamese twins and all that shit. Yeah. It yeah. says, uh, when trapeze artist Cleopatra learns that a circus midget, Hans, has an inheritance, she marries the lovesick diminutive, diminutive, motherfucker, diminutive <laughs> performer all the while planning to steal his fortune and run off with her lover, strongman Hercules. When Han's friends and fellow performers discover what is going on, they band together and carry out a brutal revenge that leaves Hercules and Cleopatra knowing what it truly means to be a freak. On a leash. <laughs> okay, you said freak on a leash, and then you Yeah, did. no, I did the disturb thing. Yep, no, fuck off. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Go, go nope, can't it. do that. <laughs> yep, nope. Uh, I got I got snot in my throat, so yeah. I got stuck there. <laughs> you guys can also go back, and uh, we did the Sideshow Freaks episode uh, a while back, and we talked about, you know, a lot of those, um, you know, people that were actually doing that back in yeah. the day, like the guy with the lobster claws that, oh, like, yeah. that was, like, beating his family, and his wife, like, killed him and shit. Yeah, that was also uh, season four of uh, American Horror Story. Yeah, I'm glad they're taking all that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this one is number 10 of 20 of the best horror movies with weddings ranked. Number 8 of 15 of the 15 best black and white horror movies. And number 14 of 105 of the best movies that are super weird. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Those are the movies. And yes, that was Lake Shawnee Amusement Park. If you guys get a chance, you should go there. Yeah. If you've been there, let us know. Um, but you should go there. And you should like take some, you know, audio or video or whatever and send it over to us. Do it. And especially if you, I mean, don't send us something if there's nothing there. You know what I mean? It's like you just sitting on a bench. <laughs> you guys said send, send you something. Actually, I kind of want to see that do that. Okay. Yeah. Send that to you. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Send it to you. It's fine. You can do that. But they, yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, is it haunted? It's possible. Like I said, the recipe for it, if something like that were to exist, mm -hmm. is definitely viable. Well, the only thing that we don't have there that we should probably have in order for it to be a perfect recipe is a bunch of crazy people burning witches at the stake. We got one person, but we need witches. Yeah, but I mean, we do have at least one. Yeah, we do have you know what I mean? So at least that's at least that's like half the egg. Yeah. For the recipe. It'll be a little dry, but right. no, there's still some sustenance. Exactly. There. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, did, did it happen? I guess we'll have to go out there and find out for ourselves. Yeah. You know? Coming to you soon this summer. I gotta fix it's so like I needed I gotta <laughs> thicken it up. I gotta thicken it up. Um so anyway, do us a favor, make sure to sh uh to stop. Oh Sean Connery stopped up. <laughs> Sean Connery. I can't do it. Make sure to stop over to our official website, the midnight train podcast.com. At our website, you can buy some merchandise over there. You can click on sponsors and support the sponsors over there. Cause Wait. what kind of merchandise is it yeah, over there? Super sweet. Super sweet. Uh, you can get all kinds of stuff. But yeah, you click on the sponsors over there. Like I said, we're not doing the sponsor commercials anymore because, to be honest, I'm annoyed by them myself. 
glad you said it. Yes, that's fine. I'll take it. So, um, but we would love for you guys to do that. And you guys get deals on stuff. So click on sponsors when you head over to the the website and uh, yeah, do that because it shows them that we're, you know, getting you guys to it. And then you get a deal and they come back to us and they're like, Hey, good job guys. And we get a pat on the back. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and hopefully, I don't know, free Dr. Squatch or something. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I highly doubt it. But yeah. So if you like what you heard from us, do us a favor. Head on over to that website I mentioned earlier, the Midnight Train Podcast.com. Click on the Patreon button or go to patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast and sign up to be a first class fucking passenger. Do it. It's five bucks, right? For as little as five dollars. You get all the bonus episodes. Plus you get us yeah. in our our love and dedication to you. Yes. And you get the real us. Right. And listen, we're trying to raise money to get Logan's hair even more blonde than it is now. <laughs> you want to explain that real quick? Yeah. So I, uh, uh, there's a, a fan expo coming to town in March and a buddy of mine uh, for my birthday got me tickets to go to it for the weekend. And uh, so he wanted to uh, cosplay some stuff. And if there's any anime fans out there, I am trying uh, my damnedest to cosplay Satoru Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen. And if you don't know what that is... I'm sorry, what'd you say? Satoru Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen. God bless you. Yeah. yeah. Welcome. Okay. You gotta say it with that, 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 that the voice. What's the sense. name again? Satoru Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> Satoru Dojo <laughs> from Cuckoo Kaiser. <laughs> but basically, he's got like this really, really frost, like ice white hair. And my wife is a hairstylist, cosmetologist, whatever you want to call her. She's amazing, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to uh, have her do it for me instead of buying a stupid wig. So yeah, so yeah, you, you, so we have to support you in that. You don't have to. You can make fun of me all day long. It's fine. No, I just, I'm, I'm support. I'm saying the the listeners should support oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah. by I signing gotta, up, I got to go white, yeah, and yeah, then you get the bonuses. But then you can also help Logan get more and more whiter hair. <laughs> <laughs> and listen. Of course, we love music, okay? And if you didn't know that, uh, yes, we do. We are musicians. Well, uh, at least kind of. I like music. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a very big deal. Music is huge to me. And, uh, you know, we we love it so much. We want future generations of musicians to have accessibility and music education. So, of course, we give to a great cause. They save the Music Foundation. Their mission is to help students, schools, and communities reach their full potential through the power of making music. As one of the leading music foundations in the United States, they support their partner communities in three ways. By donating musical instruments and musical technology, providing support services for teachers, and advocating for music education. And we, every month, will donate 20% of our merch sales and our Patreon um, subscription donations from from this show and from Icons and Outlaws. Yes. So, support the show, get a ton of bonuses, and help a great cause. And you can also, for more information, go or to donate personally, go to savethemusic.org. Because music honestly saved my freaking life, so I just want to give back. Yeah, man. That's what I like to do. And plus, yeah, Icons and Outlaws, we're going to be coming out soon with uh, some new stuff there. Some new stuff? New stuff, oh. new episodes, and a new idea that's happening over there. You know, oh. you know what I'm talking about over oh, here, right? Yeah, I got you. You know what I'm talking about over yeah, here? Yeah, a little bit of guy you know? over here. He wants to fucking come out here to me. You oh. don't do that, huh? huh? You see what I'm saying? No. No, you don't do that. <laughs> Tony Soprano just showed up. I don't understand. <laughs> Made myself a sandwich. You know what I mean? What yeah. are you talking about? He's an outlaw. I mean, I guess. He is. Bobby Booby. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Midnight Train Pod. 
Uh, and uh, actually, I think, it, is that what it is now? No, I changed it. Yeah, whatever. Just follow us on Twitter. Just look at the Men I Train podcast. Hey, just Google. Yeah, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, wherever you listen. If you can rate us, please rate us. Do it. All right? And we do have uh, some listener uh, or some ratings and, should I say, reviews that we got to get Satan in here to read for us. Yeah, wherever the fuck yeah. he's been. I don't know. I haven't really talked to him since the whole shenanigans with Sam Socks and shit. So. Did they even make I've been, it back? I, I've been kind of out of the country for yeah, two, true, true, two true, weeks. True, true, true. So, yeah. yeah. They don't like talking to me. Not so. that that's a big deal or anything. No, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> I'm not trying to be that guy at all. Holy shit. I am a fucking big deal, okay? <laughs> you guys just have to listen to the Patreon bonus to understand what the hell happened and what we went through. Holy shnikes. So listen, we cannot thank you enough for all the love, the support, all you listeners, the new people that are signing up to the uh, Facebook page uh, for the uh, the group and stuff like that. It's so awesome. awesome. Absolutely love it. And uh, you guys really do keep this whole train on the tracks and moving forward. Thank you so much for listening and a very special thank you to our fearless executive producer, Patreon first class passenger motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> To Mendy F., George DeJesus, Megan McTerry, Tomislav Sabota, Amanda Denz, Chris Lucas, Zachary Danielson, Joseph Aramo, Kelly Ryan, Nathan Diekman, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKenney, Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunsman, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, Mike Doherty, excuse me, Mac Doherty, uh, Turner Cox, sorry about that, Mac. Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, uh, Janice Sherell, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Fun Box Podcast. Make sure you follow that guy. He's really cool. Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartolome from the Sisters Skelton Podcast. Those are our uh, sisters from the, uh, another Mista over there. <laughs> so make sure you guys uh, check that podcast out as well. Maria Gibbs to Chainsaw. What the fuck? Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Batchelor, Katie Brabinick, and of course... The one and only uh, Bill Birch. <coughs> oh, you got this? Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, good, I kind of need a drum roll. Oh. oh, good for you. Oh, that's better. It's better? Better. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Sounds there. like you smoked a couple packs of cigarettes. That's good. Only on my weekends, honey. <laughs> so listen, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will be back next week with another amazing episode. And don't forget to sign up for our Patreon for all the bonuses, especially about H.H. Holmes and the Columbian Exposition and... My wife and I's adventure over to basically the other side of the world. Just do it. Just do it. Hey, do it. Do and it. not not only that, but uh, stay safe out there. And uh, as always, a choo choo motherfucker. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Shawnee. Shawnee River. Please don't burn me at the stake.